0: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com.
1: Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at mypillow.com. And now, introducing the champion fighting out of the red corner. He
2: is a brawler, standing 5 feet 10 inches tall,
1: fighting out of Harlem, New York, USA,
2: presenting the podcasting champion
1: of the world, Ryan the Disruptor. What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a fantastic week. Are you getting in the swing of things? Is school started for your kids? Ooh, both my kids back in school. We learned the system. They're doing great. Praise the Lord. Things are going well. Lucy entered a rock climbing class. I'm super stoked. Lincoln had an online tournament in Fortnite that he can win money in. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. Good pod for you today. You're going to dig this podcast. I had so much fun on this one. Today's podcast is sponsored by Policy Genius at policygenius.com. Such an easy way to find insurance. Ooh, and SaveTheStorks.com, my favorite pro-life organization. Today I'm interviewing Stony Stamper, and he's got a book out that is hilarious called My First Rodeo. He's talking about blended families. I think everyone that's a parent can learn something from Stony Stamper. Great guy, great interview. Let's get to it. Here's Stoney Stamper on today's edition of Rebel Parent. All right, rebels. So good to have you with us today. I'm excited about this one. This is fun. We've been talking before we hit live. Wow, Stony Stamper. Thanks for coming on the podcast today.
2: How's it going? Thanks
1: for having me. It's good. It's good. I appreciate you being here. Black eyes keeling up. You're looking great. Can't even tell.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know, in the in the shade of the of my ball cap there, you can't even see the yellow on the That's skin. That's right. There, so it's- that's I've cool. got People the dog go the, the uh, and I've got the uh, kid holed up in the bedroom, so we should be good to go <laughs> for a little bit.
1: <laughs> awesome. Oh, my goodness. So we've read your book, and we know your story. For those that don't, I'm so excited because we keep getting emails and texts like, please do a Blended Families program. Please do a Blended Families program. And that is part of your story. Can you tell just a brief overview of your story for those that don't know it yet that we can dive in?
2: Sure. I was a single guy, lived uh, a pretty fun life, had no outside of work, had no worries, had no responsibilities. And I kind of liked it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and really had never planned to have children at all. I was pretty adamant about that. And it was well into my 30s before this ever even became an issue. But, uh, you know, a childhood friend of mine, April, uh, that I've known since we were seven, eight years old came along and kind of reentered my life through Facebook of course and she's got a couple little girls that are that are seven and ten at the time and you know you I, I was weighed with this uh, you know it makes me feel shallow now but like you know you it's really heavy you think you know do I really like her uh, you know April I, I enjoy being around her she's cool she's she's hot everything you know everything's coming together. <laughs> But she's got a couple little kids, and, and I just, I've never yeah. been around
1: them. I got to be honest. I think there are some people that's going to be like, oh, that's shallow. It's really not. That's not shallow at all. That's a real question you've got to ask yourself. You know, am I ready for this? This is something I planned on. Do I have the skill set, the tools? How are they going to react to me? I and mean, there's all kinds of questions going into it. I don't think it's shallow. I know what you mean. I know, you know, yeah. you're single and you're kind of footloose, fancy free. And all of a sudden it's like, am I really going to be instant dad? What's that going to be like? But I think that's a wise question to ask yourself, you know, not something you just dive into without thinking about it. You had to really consider it. So I I totally hear you for sure.
2: And, you know, I was terrified. I've never I had two nephews, but, you know, I admittedly was Mm -hmm. never the fun uncle. That was my brother. You know, I was the I was the uncle that kind of had everything put together. And I didn't, uh, you know, one of my nephews told my sister one time said Uncle Stone's got lots of rules. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I that's awesome. And, but I, I just had things how I liked them, and that's <laughs> how I wanted them. And, and, uh, I worked a lot, I traveled all the time, I traveled 250, 300 days a year. And, uh, mm-hmm. so it was that was another issue that was weighing sure. pretty heavily on me is, you know, I didn't feel like I could travel like that and have a family at home. Right. So, right. But eventually, you know, I, I fell in love with the whole group of them and decided to take the leap and be the dad to these two little girls. And, and, uh, sure. it was scary and it's been a blast. And, uh, there's been a lot of difficulties and trials and all in between. So,
1: so how long did you all date before you decided to get married and then uh, eventually get married?
2: We dated about a year. And, uh, and during that time, like I said, I was trying to decide what to do with my career because I just knew I couldn't travel that way and, and, you know, have a family at the house. So uh, a friend of mine was the CEO of a company in Texas and, and I'd worked for him before. And, and he said, Hey, why don't you come to work for me? And, uh, but you'll have to move. So we had to relocate to to Texas and uh, you know, we had to decide do we want to pick our family up and move to somewhere we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Right here and I have to continue to travel the way that I did. So we, we decided, yeah. we decided to relocate.
1: So you got married and then moved right away. Yes. And then, April that's a big preg- deal. And then
2: April got pregnant about the same time that we moved to Texas. Woo. So yeah.
1: What was that like on the kids? So let's start with how did they, f- I mean, and from your estimation, how did they feel about their mom dating someone and then getting married again? What was that like in the early days of being around you and, you know, and for you too, I mean, having a house full of people, you know, you've got the things that where you want them and the way you want them. And all of a sudden you got three extra people now. And by the way, kids, kids aren't real respectful of your stuff. You know, it's like, Hey, we're the house.
2: Yeah. Well, the two girls are very, very different individuals. Mm. Uh, Emma at the time was seven and, She's a little blonde-headed free spirit, and really the reason I started the Daddy Diaries to begin with, because everything she says is funny. You know, she's she's got that ditzy blonde routine down to an art, and it's hilarious, and it's adorable, and, and everyone just immediately is drawn to her, and, and she was immediately drawn to me, and she made it very easy on me, where I was so scared, you know, she would... She would take the first step. She would come and sit in my lap. She would she would talk with me, and wow. so that really helped me because Abby was the exact opposite. Abby uh, was was 10, 10, turned eleven that first year. She's older. She's a little more cautious, and mm-hmm. she did not make it easy on me. She wasn't mean to me so much as she just was indifferent to my presence whatsoever. Like, uh, you know, she just wanted to act like I wasn't in the room. Mm-hmm. And over the years, you know, I think we figured out, I figured out that it was fear to get close to someone, to have someone come in and, and take over that role, and then to be disappointed. Again, or you know, to have someone that that they could possibly lose, and you know, so it was. It, they were two very different individuals to become a dad to, and Emma was just like the snap of a finger.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels! This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends
1: at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy, and that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle, and a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat over six thousand babies have been saved on stork buses please support save the storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life for more information visit
0: savethestorks.com welcome back to rebel parenting did you miss us
1: do you have sisters?
2: I have an older sister and a younger brother. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: It is also, I know, just from a guy's point of view, having daughters is just scarier. It just is. It's just scarier. Having a boy, you figure, well, I mean, I'm a boy. We got to have some things in common. I'll, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be better at this naturally yeah. than having a girl. And yeah. you know, getting married, getting married. You know, I got. I was married before and I got divorced and I got married again in my mid 30s. And again, that's a big deal. Like I don't think people understand like, "Oh, it's so great." Yeah, it's great. It is. It's great. And now there's somebody moving their stuff into my place and moving my stuff around and and we got to talk about how I got weird art and you don't like the art that I've got up and why yeah. is a DVD collection so big and just it's just very different and yeah. cleaning a bathroom and but then having two little girls is a it's a big deal it's a scary step and one being indifferent and you are trying too hard am I not trying enough if I'm be am I being nice am I respond you know all the different things you're going through those are big big deal and then how did they take moving was that? disruptive for them or were they like oh it's a big adventure
2: um well again they both responded emma is an adventurous little girl she everything yeah. to her yeah. is just uh yeah. you know every day is a new day and everything's exciting and we moved to texas and you know she just saw it as a new adventure and mm. abby saw it the end of her life as she knew it yep. um, yeah um yeah and you know they had to leave friends and they had to leave yeah. some family and they had to leave their home and So, you know, Abby took it a little more stressfully than, than Emma did.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was an interesting one. My son, I just, you know, my wife, when she was young, she moved 18 times in 16 years. They moved more than once a year in her childhood. So she's really used to moving a lot. And then we got married moved, uh, let's see, June, July, August, August, like four months later, we moved from California to Colorado and we stayed in a house for almost two years. and Then we moved into our new house. And this is the longest she's ever been in one place. She's never been in one place as long as we've been here. And I don't know why, but I just thought we'd move in the next couple of years. <laughs> and it dawned on me this year, unless the Lord blatantly says, Oh no, you got to pick up and move. Like, we're going to be here for about a decade more, and I wasn't ready for that. It's not that I wanted to. I just kind of thought we were going to. I don't know why. I hadn't talked to my wife about it. I hadn't talked to the kids about it. I just thought we'd move. And now to think, oh, we're not going anywhere. (laughs) This is where we're going to be for a while. It was just a new, just kind of a new world to live in, in a way. Right. Just a different,
2: something different than you've ever done before. Yeah. You know, I, I myself have moved, um, in 2004, I moved to Florida In 2008 I moved to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to Southern Oklahoma and then, and then to Texas. So that's nothing new to me. And I rather enjoy it too. I like seeing mm-hmm. new things and new, I like new homes, being able to work around a new house. But you know, it was just a really big life change for the girls and especially Abby yeah. kind of at that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, puberty age, she, she's made friends in Oklahoma and now we're taking them away. And
1: yeah. um, yeah.
2: So it was, it was difficult for her.
1: I bet. bet. Now, how did they take it when April got pregnant? Was it exciting (laughs) or was it like, uh Oh, are we going to be on the outside? Or again, is it uh, you got Emma who's like, woohoo. And Abby, who's like, I don't know about this. Exactly that. All right. All right. Exactly
2: that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, Looking at it now, the way they both responded to every change we've thrown at them has been almost exactly the same. Emma's excited. Abby's not. But uh, yeah, when we look at it now and it's just hilarious because when we told the girls that April was pregnant, I was expecting not a real favorable response from Abby, but I didn't really know what she would do. Mm -hmm. I did not expect her to turn around and face plant into the couch and just start bawling. And oh. uh, I looked at April like, what do we do now? <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's so hard to, you know, God's journey is is so difficult to understand in the moment. You know, you, mm-hmm. you just think everything is hard and everything is difficult and everything I do makes her unhappy because today abby and i are as close as two people can be on this planet and oh, that so little awesome. girl that abby face planted and cried because we were having the two of them could not be closer sisters if you had oh, it's the i best. mean they, they just uh, they love each other so much and you mm. know looking back on it now it's funny but at the time it was just like oh like, yep what yep. can I do that's right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I, I tell you, I was doing a podcast on another, I was being interviewed on another podcast yesterday, and we were talking about just that. I think, honestly, I think it's a newer parenting style to say what else is going on that might be causing this. You know, I think when I was young, probably when you were young, you know, parents parented this way, and it didn't matter if you were sick or if there was something crazy going on in the house Or whatever was going on. This is how we parent. This is what we do. This is what we do every day. And like my wife went through cancer last year and the year before and the year before that. And every now and then my kids would just go nuts. They would just kind of go crazy. And you're like, what is going on with you? And I had a therapist say, "Uh, maybe it could be something with the cancer. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, Mom had another chemo treatment and she feels pain and she feels bad and she's extra sad because of the chemo. Of course the kids are going nuts. It just didn't right. dawn on me to look at the entire picture. And, you know, Abby, uh, all of a sudden there's a new guy in the house, and then all of a sudden her mom gets married, and now we got to move, and now there's a baby all the way. Like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. Right? That was so overwhelming for a kid. And for you to recognize that, I mean, spot on, way to go, Dad. That is awesome.
2: Well, uh, thank you. I'm not sure that at the time, you know, it just felt like, that, that there had to be something, you know, and, and April is very good. Uh, uh, you know, she was just perfect for me in coaching me and, and keeping me in the game mm. mentally. You know, there's some days where I just felt like I can't do anything right. I can't, you know, I don't yeah. know. And, you know, whenever things with Abby and I were at their most tense, you know, she would tell me, just ignore her just ignore her. Don't just act like she's not there. Don't let her bother you. And you know, that, that was a foreign concept to me. I can't, like, sure. no, I'm going to make her like me. Everybody likes me. I'm good. She's going to like, but you know, she, she just seemed uh, completely, she wasn't going to have it. And so, but we did realize that we threw a lot of change at them in a short amount of time and all, things considered uh i'd say we we managed it okay and and, uh you know by the time we left texas last year we all felt of it as home we were all sad to come back to oklahoma which i never would have uh imagined in a million years when when the day we loaded that truck up and took them down (laughs) that was a heavy day man
1: i bet I bet. I bet it was. I get asked all the time about what it's like to be a step-parent, especially a step-dad. I mean, step-mom too, but what's it like when discipline issues come up? Because both Emma and Abby, what's your, what's the youngest one's name? Gracie. Gracie. All right. Emma, Abby, and Gracie. Yep. What's it like with – I mean, do you ever do any of the discipline? Were you ever part of the discipline process or was April – Predominantly doing that with it because the girls are seven and ten. That's pretty old. You're a brand new guy. You could get a whole lot of. You're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. You know, even though there are standards and rules in a family, like how do you start breaching that subject without it just exploding?
2: Well, gently at first, you know. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Like you said, at first I felt out of place to to really step in. But if they were disrespectful to their mother. I would generally, you know, step in and and just say, listen, I understand you're upset, but you're not going to talk to your mother that way. You know, you have to step in. And I I felt like there were some boundaries where, you know, I would let April for the most part take the lead as time has gone on, you know, and as they've gotten older and Mm -hmm. I've become, I've gone from being, you know, stony to being dad. You know, I can take more of that role. Sure. But yeah, when you first start out, it's a slippery little slope you're on. You know, (laughs) I'm trying on one hand, I'm trying to make them like me. And on the other hand, I'm trying to raise, you know, respectful kids with good manners. And and, uh, it was a pretty difficult thing to figure out for a while.
1: Oh for sure it's got to be landmines everywhere. And you've got two girls that are treating you like exactly the opposite, right? Yeah, so you've right. got one that wants to please, wants you to be in her life and you got one that's like, "How dare you?" you know. Yeah. And you know, that kind of a situation.
2: When it comes to discipline, which means, you know, you got I felt more comfortable telling Emma, "Hey, you know, that wasn't nice or or we don't mm-hmm. do that or that's not the right way to speak to your mother." But with Abby, I was already on eggshells. I was yeah. I was already, I was already terrified of her, and and she knew that.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, totally right. They totally know it. Yeah. Oh, she had my number, and she knew it.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting.
1: What's up, Rebels? You ever watch a commercial and you think to yourself, "What? It can't be that easy." I am so skeptical by nature. I got to tell you, our new sponsor, Policy Genius, is as easy as they say it is. PolicyGenius.com is their website. September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. Most people aren't aware of that. I wasn't aware of it until I read it. And that's why over 40% of Americans don't have life insurance. Right now, prices are the lowest they've been in 20 years, and PolicyGenius has made it easier than ever to get covered. Once you apply, PolicyGenius actually handles all the paperwork and the red tape. I've been through the process. It was super, super easy. My goodness, I wish I had PolicyGenius.com when I quit my last job and was looking for insurance. It is so much easier now. And they don't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you with home insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance. So if you need insurance, but you haven't gotten around to it, National Life Insurance Awareness Month is as good a time as any. And go to policygenius.com. Get quotes, apply in minutes. You can do all of it on your phone. And you're on your phone right now, right? Listen to the podcast. You're hearing this. Stop it for a second. Go to policygenius.com. Click on that link. Get your insurance. All right? God bless.
0: Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us?
1: Talk to those who... I'm thinking of someone specifically. I know a guy, he's dating a woman, and she's got two kids. What do you wish you had known before? What advice would you give your pre-married self? Like, hey, just so you know, do, these, do this, don't do that. What's one do this, what's one don't do that?
2: You know, the only thing that I would, if it, going back, I would probably prepare myself more for, uh, there's going to be some disappointments and there's going to, you know, I'm a, I'm an optimist. And so mm-hmm. I, I tend to just walk into something thinking, you know, I can do this. This is going to be no problem. Everybody talks about how hard raising kids, you know, that's no, this is walk in the park. And then when it actually hits you right in the face and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know, I feel like that I probably set myself up for disappointment more often by being, Uh, thinking that I'm just going to get it right the first time, every time. Sure. You know, um, like most people, I don't want to fail. I don't like to fail. But I think going into it, if I'd have been a little more prepared for that and thought, you know what, everything's not going to go as planned all the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the kids may not always like you, and that's okay. I feel like that probably would have prepared me a little bit more and and maybe would have had a little less heartache. Because there were some days when, you know, you think I'm just doing everything wrong. I'm not doing anything right. And, totally. Uh, you know, and... And I think that probably goes... By the way,
1: every parent feels that way. It's just not step-parents. Every single parent feels that way. Like, what did I do? I was on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and one of the questions they asked was, when did you know parenting was going to be hard? When did you have that like, uh (laughs) uh-oh, this is going to be hard? And mine was, my son turned colicky two weeks after he was born, and then he didn't sleep Well, he was colicky for seven months. Oh, wow. Like, it was just the craziest. And, you know, we were pretty newly married, and we were so dumb. You know, like, oh, the first time he wakes up, you'll get up. And then the next time he wakes up, I'll get up. And that lasted about two hours of him screaming. And, oh, man, we just fell head over heels. It was just like, you got to be kidding me. We were so tired for so long. What was that like for you? What was that first situation you were like, oh, uh uh-oh.
2: Well um I would say that the first time that that it really hit me heavy was was I was visiting we lived about 3 hours apart so I would I would drive to northern Oklahoma where they lived on usually on Fridays mm-hmm. and we had family all around so we didn't want to we didn't want to be inappropriate and with the children around you know as far as who was staying where so yep, the yep. kids, you know, the kids would go to their grandmothers or to their aunts or someone's there and, and I would, we'd take them to dinner and we, I'd be around them just for, you know, a few hours at a time until sure. they got used smart. to being around me. I didn't That's want to smart. force anything down their, yep. you know, down their throat. So the the first time that I can recall, uh, Abby, who was about 10 years old at the time uh, and had plenty of, of attitude and, you know, she had a little bit of resentment. Like I said, uh, you know, her parents were split up, and and it was just a, a, I'd say a tough time in her life all around. They were having an argument, and I was trying to navigate the argument <laughs> and to, you know, trying to help but trying not to overstep. Yeah. And yeah. I just were thinking like, oh man, what have I gotten myself into here? I, I yeah. think I'm outclassed. That was and and the f I don't remember what they were fighting about, but I remember just trying to be this referee and uh, you know, be polite but be firm and you know, but I never had a baby. I, I got the girls when they were seven and ten. So I got when I got Gracie like you, you know, the just all just the tons of reality come crashing in on you. Um <laughs> You know, sleep is sleep is just a figment of your imagination and, and, yep. uh, uh, you know, crying and feeding and mm-hmm. dirty diapers. And, you know, I would never, I was 33 years old when Gracie was born. I'd never changed a diaper, not one. I'd never burped a baby. I'd never fed a baby. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so April had uh, an epidural after Gracie was born. The nurses handed her to me and, you know, you just look down and you just think this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yep. It's, totally. Uh, you know, and then it, and then it clicked. All my friends for all these years have been telling me, you know, you don't know what you're missing by not being a parent. And I was always like, look, it's just not for me. It's not, it's not something that I'm, that I want to do. And then you look yeah. down those blue eyes and it just hits you like a ton of bricks. It's just like, oh my gosh, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever laid eyes on.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: And then I got to change your diaper. And uh-huh. then uh, another version of reality came crashing
1: in on me. <laughs> I got to change you know the what? diaper. Okay, you're from Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, you've hunted, yes? Yes. Okay. I've seen all those videos of like dads trying to change diapers and gagging and putting clothespins on their nose. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You never butchered a gut shot deer. Yeah. There's nothing my kid has ever done that's worse than a gut shot deer trying to butcher that. Like all these dads, like you don't have any idea what you're doing. Like, come on. It is, the I've the been peed on, funny. I've been barfed on. Like, it's just part of it for sure.
2: The videos are funny to watch for sure, but I, don't, I never understood them. I was never grossed mm-hmm. out. You know, I was never not not to say there weren't times where I'm like, "Whoa!" Yep. But, oh, for uh, sure. But you know, I, it was never something that made me feel like I was going to throw up, or you know, it was just felt like part of what I was getting into. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've cleaned deer, I've cleaned pigs, I've cleaned elk. I've, yeah. You know, I've uh, I grew up on a horse ranch, uh, so exactly. you know, we've we've butchered cattle and. There wasn't. uh, I didn't have that necessarily. That uh, gag factor that I see a lot of guys have.
1: They need to get out in the sticks more if they have a gag factor. Like, come on out with us. Come hang out. You'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah,
2: we can show you (laughs) exactly.
1: You know, I've got a good comment here and a good question. Jamie is watching us online, and she said, "My advice to my pre-married self: Your marriage will bond faster than your blended family will bond." The blended family is like a crock pot and your marriage is more like a pressure cooker. And I think that's a really wise thing. It was it probably way easier for you and April to bond and grow closer together than it was for you and Abby. Yes. So what do you tell the parent who has a stepchild that really isn't warming up to them? Like, is it just take your time? Like, what's the best advice you can give to that?
2: Perseverance, yeah. I mean, I committed myself you know, this, I'm going to make this happen. And, and there were yeah. days where, you know, you wonder, you know, am, am I, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I really truly feel like, and I've always said this, and I, I think it's really common sense, but I felt like if I let, if I showed those two girls every day, that number one, I loved and cared about them, but mm. And, you know, this was something that I was in for the long haul. But more, most importantly, I think what eventually won Abby over was that I tried to make sure every single day how much I loved her mother. I tried to always let her see that I felt like the best gift I could give to them was let them see how a man should treat their mom and how much. And we're still that way. We're like teenage kids. Yeah. We hug and kiss and cuddle and of course, you know, now they they think we're weird and yep. but, but I always felt like that was such an important I tried to put myself in that situation and thought, What would Yeah I, What would I want for my mother if I knew that I wanted her happy? And I mm-hmm. would obviously want to make sure that someone loved them and cared for them and respected them. And I really always felt like that was the turning point, was that when she realized nothing's going to run me away, even on our worst days, I'm still right here every time, and man, am I in love with your mother. And
1: Oh, man, that's such good advice. And it's not only that. It sets them up for success later in life because they've got a daily exam. They've listen. Here's the thing too. Sometimes people get divorced. It just happens, and we've had couples that we coach get divorced. And I'll call it a win if at least one partner, one spouse, is behaving the correct way because they'll see both sides. And to have that's a it's so wise, so wise, Stony, to show them every day. Hey. This is how you treat a lady. This is how you treat your wife. This is really how you treat your wife. Good days, bad days. I love your mom. I'm going to keep showing that to you. That I bet that builds trust faster than almost anything else.
2: I feel like it does. You know, they saw me every day. They knew that I was there. They knew I was committed. But I, I always felt like, you know, that's that's one thing that uh, – and I felt the same. You know, I felt like it was not only good for them to see it because they understood – that my love for the family, you know, was just this, it wasn't, I didn't just love their mom and I got them in the deal. You know, Mm -hmm, I always mm -hmm. so careful, so careful not to ever make them feel like that they were just part of something that I, you know, they're mine. And for a while, you know, it was, it was difficult, but I never call them, never have called them my stepdaughters. Uh, from the time they were – that we were married, I would introduce them as my daughters. And,
1: oh, that's good stability.
2: And for a while, they would say, this is my stepdad, Stony." And yeah. then after, you know, when you'd start picking up on these little cues when they, they would say, this is my dad, Stony," And, you know, you're trying not to let tears build up in your eyes. And <laughs> not, yeah, not, you, not, you not are. Not to embarrass them so that, you know, she called me her dad. But, uh, you know, those, I've done lots of cool things in my life and, and, you know, I'm proud of a lot of things, but I can promise you I've never been prouder than to feel like that, you know, for them to call me dad, to call, to tell someone this is my dad and to know that it wasn't, they did that because you earned it and because you worked through it together. Yeah you know
1: oh my goodness
2: i made a i made a post on facebook the other day that and i I've, I've always felt this way you know i don't treat my daughters any differently abby emma and gracie they're my they're my daughters and and
1: yeah yeah
2: our loves for each other are a little different but not in a bad way because gracie came out of the womb loving me the yeah. moment she saw me You know, I was, I kept her safe and I, and so she's never not looked at me and loved me. Mm -hmm. The love that Abby and Emma and I have, we fought for, we've earned together. And, you know, I think that that's, uh, you know, one's not better than the other, uh, but I, it's a different kind of love because we have, we've, we have, you know, years of, of working together and learning to, you know, how to deal with one another. It's, it, it, but we have the best bond that I could ever dream of. And Ugh. I can only thank God for that. I, I can't say that I did anything necessarily right or wrong. I know that some parents in my, in my journey with the blogging uh, and, and writing, it's, you come across sometimes parents are trying so hard and the kids just aren't having it, you know? And, and sure. uh, I'm not saying that parents doing anything wrong they haven't broken through yet and you know i can only pray this, that they do
1: definitely oh my goodness stoney thanks for being on the podcast today that's fantastic i think it was great advice it's heartfelt it's true it's from your own personal story i really do appreciate it
2: well thank you so much i enjoyed it uh, and i uh, hope to talk to you again
1: definitely we'd love it absolutely maybe we'll come see you in oklahoma sometime anytime all right thanks a lot Thanks for listening, Rebels. Thank you to Stony Stamper for taking time out of his day. Pray for Stoney that he recovers from his accident. We talked a little bit about that on the podcast, but he's had a number of surgeries, and uh, we want a full recovery for him. Thanks to our sponsors, SaveTheStorks.com, PolicyGenius.com, the easiest way to find insurance today, and The Voice of the Martyrs. Helping those being persecuted for our gospel for more than 50 years, Persecution.com for The Voice of the Martyrs. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon.
0: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House, and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting—and everyone does—you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word Rebel to 444999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.